For the ones who get going when the going gets tough. And the ones who know we're tougher together. For the pathfinders breaking new ground. Granger offers supplies and solutions for every industry, as well as fast access to experts and 24-7 customer support. Because we know you have people depending on you. So you can always depend on us. Call, click Granger.com, or just stop by. Granger, for the ones who get it done. Welcome to Accelerate Your Business Growth with your host, Diane Helbig. Diane is a leading small business development and leadership coach, author, and speaker who is passionate about sharing valuable ideas, tips, and techniques with business professionals worldwide. Diane brings you the world's experts and gurus in all things business, whether it's sales, structure, social media, planning, or plateauing, guests bring their expertise and energy to each episode. When growing your business is your focus, Accelerate Your Business Growth is the show to listen to. Got a topic or guest suggestion? Let Diane know. The goal is to make sure you have the information you need to move your business forward. Thanks for joining us. Settle in and enjoy. Hi, everybody. Thank you so much for joining me. Today's podcast is sponsored by Audible.com and Gusto. Audible.com is a leading provider of spoken audio entertainment and information. Listen to audiobooks whenever and wherever you want. Get a free book when you sign up for a 30-day free trial at audibletrial.com slash businessgrowth. Gusto offers modern, easy payroll plus benefits to small businesses across the country. They were even named Best Online Payroll by PC Mag. As a listener, you'll get three months free when you run your first payroll. Sign up and give it a try at gusto.com slash accelerate. Accelerate Your Business Growth Podcast continues to enjoy inclusion on lists of the best podcasts to listen to. Uh, most recently, uh, we were added to the list of 12 small business podcasts to listen to to uh, grow your sales on allbusiness.com and it was then picked up, um, the list was then picked up on Forbes.com. So pretty, ex- um, that is really because of the guests uh, who join me. These are folks with expertise in a particular area and they join me to have a conversation where they share that expertise with all of you so that you can implement uh, you know, different practices, ideas, techniques, suggestions, that sort of thing, so you can be more successful. Today, my guest is Edward Lee. Edward is an expert on employee engagement and customer engagement. He focuses on creating productive workplace environments through dramatically improved communication, enhancing team building, and decreasing negative attitudes. His expertise makes him an in-demand media guest with appearances on many national television shows, including the Oprah Winfrey Show, I'm sorry, the Oprah Winfrey Network, and the Today Show. He lives with his wife, Beth, in a quiet country home that they share with their golden retriever and a house full of pugs. 
Thanks so much for joining me today, Ed. It's my pleasure to be here. I am very excited to have you here. I think this is a, a really important topic, and I'm curious about something. Um, you deliberately mentioned personal items in your bio, like your dogs. So I'm wondering if you would share with us your reason for that, and um, does it relate to employee engagement, and if so, how? Yes, yes, it absolutely relates to employee engagement, and I always include something about the dogs in all my intros, and actually the past few years I've had to make a note on my intros, for example, when I'm doing a speech, please read the entire <laughs> intro, because I, I remember, uh, I, because I talk about my intro during my program on employee engagement, and in one speech, this gentleman, uh, he he did the, the intro and he skipped the dog part. <laughs> and so then there's a reason and it actually is, it only takes about 30 seconds to explain. It actually has to do with a commercial I saw a few years ago. You may have seen it. There's a, a group of ladies playing cards and one says, oh, did you hear about John and Mary? And the other says, no, what happened? Well, John unexpectedly passed away and I don't know how Mary's going to pay the bills, the, the mortgage, the credit cards. I don't know how she's going to do it. And then another lady says, well, we don't have to worry about that because we have ABC insurance. And then another lady says, oh, life insurance at our age, oh, it's probably very expensive. Oh, no, just a dollar a day. And then another lady says, well, I bet there's a lot of medical questions. Oh, no medical questions. Well, how do we hear about this insurance? And then the announcer comes on and gives all the information about the uh, insurance uh, policy. Now, the thing is, would anyone buy the insurance policy if it was just the announcer talking about uh, the policy? Maybe a few, but probably not just giving information. It's that emotional connection that captures us. I, oh my God, I don't want that to happen to me. I better get this insurance. And when the yeah. announcer comes on, we're ready. We're ready. So what we're basically talking about is information, uh, information connections and emotional connections. And the first part of my bio was information. The last line was the emotional connections, and that's primarily how we connect with each other through uh, emotion. So when we're working with employees, we have to make sure we're providing information, providing them the skills they need to do their job, but we also need to think about how we're emotionally connecting with employees. For example, if I was your employee, and I live with a house full of pugs, once in a while say to me, how are the pugs doing? I, when I walk into my uh, dentist's office, the receptionist, the first thing she says, how are the pugs? And you know, that, that movie from years ago, you had me at hello, well, with me, yeah. my wife, you had me at pugs. Now, with me, it's pugs. With someone else, it could be gardening. With someone else, it could be a sports team. Uh, right. With someone else, it, it could be a, a, a doll collection they have. And I worked with, uh, no, actually, she was an attendee of one of my workshops. She told me that uh, she's a manager. She has a list of all the people that work under her. She has their birthday and their hobbies. So when it comes time for a birthday, she'll try to uh, find a card that relates to their hobbies and a gift that relates to their hobbies. And that's where the emotional connection uh, comes in. And, and that's why the when people feel employees say, well, they don't care about me. And then I talk to the managers. No, we provide them all, all the information. We provide them professional development. I says, what about the emotional connection? And that's what's often lacking. So that's why I always include the dogs to emphasize, you know, the emotional connection with uh, 
employees and that that makes it or breaks it it's such a good point because I, I think um, business leaders don't realize they really do think that they're providing enough and they really don't stop and think about how does it feel on the other side of that you know what how yeah. is that as right how's the other person interpreting their their worth their value yeah um, to the company yeah yes and that's why a lot of the managers I work with they say we're giving them all this information yeah we're providing all this training we're doing all these things why do they say on evaluations they don't care about us and then it's the lack of emotional connection yeah boy that makes sense now yes. when you in your workshops you talk about what you call just employees what does that mean well what that means is as part of my work I I am a, a mystery customer or if in healthcare a mystery patient where I'll make calls and I'll call and I'll ask directions or I'll ask about parking or I'll ask about something I see on the website just to get an idea of how I'm treated on the phone if I were a real customer or a real patient. And oftentimes I notice when I ask a question, people will describe their response like this. They'll say, oh, I'm not sure about that. I'm just uh, you know, uh, uh, the secretary here, or I just work at the front desk, or I'm just a low-level manager, or I'm just a nurse here. So as soon as they use the word just, that tells me exactly how they feel about themselves in the workplace. As soon as they use that word uh, just, it tells me there's a lack of connection. It tells me that they feel their presence doesn't mean anything, that they don't matter, they're, they're easily replaceable. And one of the, the items that I use in my in-person programs is I hold up a jigsaw puzzle and I tell people that when we're putting together a jigsaw puzzle, you need every single piece. If, if you don't have every single piece, the puzzle will never be complete. It will always be incomplete. And we need to remind employees that each one of them is like a piece of a jigsaw puzzle. We need every single one of you. Each one of you plays a valuable role. And I even give everybody a little piece of the jigsaw puzzle in the workshop to remind people that each one of your employees plays a valuable role. And it's important to emphasize to each employee, we're incomplete without you. And once you say that, and once people feel they have value, when I call up to ask directions, they're not gonna say, oh, I'm just a secretary, I don't know. So if you want to remove the just from the, the conversation, you have to make them feel valuable, like they're not easily replaceable, that they are a significant part of the organization. Okay, and you have to mean it, right? Like, oh, absolutely. It has, to be, it has to be, uh, it has to be uh, genuine. And there's also something else that I say. Now, I always tell people, this is something that you say internally. You don't want to put this on a bulletin board. You don't want to put this on your website, your brochure. This is something strictly you say internally. Because a lot of uh, organizations will say, like a retail organization will say, our customers are number one, customers first. They'll say, that's okay to put on a bulletin board. That's okay to put on your website and your brochures. But internally, your employees are number one. Because if your employees are not happy, that will reflect on how they treat 
the the customer or the consumer right. or the patient or whatever your end user is called. So internally, your employees are always number one. They they yeah, have right. to be number one because if they don't feel engaged, your customers won't be engaged either. Okay, so how can employees feel that sense of ownership in their work where where they don't feel like just employees where they want to i mean it's not even going the extra mile it's just feeling like they want feeling to take like care of the person who calls they're they're connected they're connected yeah yes yes and this is the and in doing these programs for 20 plus years and and studying this topic for you know many years and what I find is what most critical is I interview employees about their experiences. And what I find often happens, and I don't believe that uh, uh, managers and owners and supervisors do this deliberately, it's just the way, well, that's how it's always done. They don't think of another way of doing it. And this is what I'm talking about. A small group of people get together, uh, you know, owners, managers, administrators, supervisors, whatever term is used in the organization, they get together in a meeting room, they make all the decisions, mm-hmm. and then they tell the employees, okay, this is what we're going to do. So they feel like they have um, no ownership, they feel like uh, what they have to say uh, doesn't mean anything. So what I always suggest in the organizations I work with, and it reminds me of a wonderful quote by the science guy, Bill Nye, and he mm-hmm. said, uh, everyone you meet knows something you don't. Nice. And each one of your employees, they come with experiences and education and ideas and wonderful input, and we need to tap into that. So when you're working on a project, instead of a small group of people getting together and making all the decisions and then telling everybody else, this is what we're doing, instead of doing that, what I tell them is early on, start surveying people, start meeting employees one-on-one and saying, uh, we're working on this new project and we value your feedback. We'd love to hear your thoughts. What are your ideas on this? What are your ideas on that? Maybe some places even make it uh, a contest. Uh, the best idea gets a you know $100 gift card or something like that. So this way, early on, they feel a sense of ownership because people don't argue with their data, their own data. If they feel uh, a part of the project, they're not going to complain about the project. Like if yeah. I help, if I help build, if I help build a cabinet, I'm not going to complain about the cabinet because I was the person who built it. Yeah. So they yeah. won't, they won't argue with it because they feel a part of it. It's the same with trainings. If you're planning a big training on a certain topic, instead of a small group of people getting together and planning the training, tell the employees, mm-hmm. oh, we're having this, this big training next month and we'd love to get your uh, feedback. First of all, we'd like to know what you hope to gain from the training and also if there's something you could add to the training. And potentially, if an employee comes up with a great idea, uh, uh, him or her could be mentioned. And John Smith had this idea we thought was wonderful, and you put it on a PowerPoint slide. So now John Smith is going to be thrilled, and guess what? He's going to tell all of of his coworkers, oh, this is a wonderful project. This is wonderful, because he's excited about being part of the project, so he's going to encourage his colleagues, his coworkers, to be excited, too. And this is what I find and workplace in general that's lacking, that the small group of people make all the decisions and then tell everyone what to do, and that's why people don't feel engaged. That's why they yeah. feel they're just 
a secretary, just a, a manager. So it's just, it's just like what Bill Nye said, everyone you meet knows something you don't, and every single employee knows something you don't, has skills that you don't have, has, has qualities that you don't have that you need to gather from them. So make them feel a part of it, ask them early on their thoughts, and they will be, they will be a happy employee. That's so great. I love that. And, and it's very validating for me because right now I'm working with a client where um, I'm trying to help them, you know, embrace this whole concept of the way you get buy-in from people is you include them, include them in the decision-making process. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. Yes, great. absolutely. You said something a minute ago about, um, you know, you could even make it a contest and, and, you know, maybe whatever is the best idea, get some sort of um, prize. So it made me think about um, rewarding employees for outstanding work. A lot of companies struggle with that because they don't know how much is too little, so it'll be laughed at, and how much is too much, so it, it will be out of sync. So what are some guidelines on implementing that sort of a, a program? Yeah, the first, uh, the first and most critical item is you want something that they actually value. And the, the classic example of this, and this happened, oh, it's probably about 15 years ago, I was speaking in Hershey, PA, and I've been there several times after that, it's a wonderful place. So this is my first time in Hershey. So of course I went to the chocolate factory and I got all of these chocolates and I packed my suitcase full. This was when I actually put bags through. Now I just have two carry-ons and ship things ahead of time. <laughs> This is when I actually yeah. checked bags through. So I put, I got all of this chocolate for family and friends. I mean, I was so excited. I went in that, I mean, being in a room full of chocolate, I mean, I can't imagine anything more wonderful. So I got all this chocolate. I packed it in my bag, you know, checked the bag through, um, you know, got back from the airport. I was telling everyone, oh, I've got all this wonderful chocolate. <laughs> I have family members around me as I'm opening the bag. And I opened the bag. And someone, if someone somewhere along the way, opened my bag and took all my chocolates. <gasps> You're <laughs> kidding! Just, I mean, they didn't they didn't <laughs> want my they didn't want my clothes or my undershirt or my socks, but they wanted that chocolate. Everything oh, was there right. except all the chocolate. So I called the airline and I said, "I've got some bad news for you. Someone stole all my, someone opened my bag and stole all my chocolates." Of course, they were horrified. And uh, then I actually called the, the chocolate company in Hershey and they gave me a like half off and resent everything over again, no shipping cost. And so the airline, of course, provided they gave me frequent miles and they just, you know, apologized left and right. And then about two days after that, there was a knock at the door from UPS and there was a big box from the airlines and it was a box uh, filled with Omaha steaks. The only thing is my wife and I cut out the beef. We're trying to watch the cholesterol. So here they are. They gave us, here they are trying to reward us. And oh. my in-laws loved it. My in-laws, of course, they, they love those Omaha steaks, but it wasn't rewarding to us yeah. because it was not something that we valued. So you have to make sure it's something that you know people value. And once again, it goes back to the ownership, talking to people in the organization. We want to set up a system to, uh, reward people for doing wonderful work. Um, what would be a value to you? What would excite you? What would interest you? And, and it's interesting what I found from the research uh, from rewards is actually 
that a lot of times people don't even think of these as rewards, but they're definitely uh, rewards. Uh, I call them, I have two areas of rewards. I have the no-cost rewards and the low-cost rewards. And the no-cost rewards, and most pe people when initially think of this as a reward, a handwritten note. Hey, uh, it could be a thank you note, or I, I have, this is almost, well, of course I, I did this job when I was 10 years old, and I have a note that's almost 30 years old, and it just said, thank you so much. When my first job was out of college, thank you so much uh, you know, for all your help on this. This was my uh, supervisor who sent me this, who wrote it and put it in my box. Uh, thank you so much. Uh, the staff appreciate, appreciates all the work you've done. You're the most resourceful person I've ever met. Wow. And I've got that note, and I posted it on Facebook, and my friend Joanne is actually a Facebook friend, and she saw it. And she said, I can't believe you saved that note. It just meant so much to me, especially in, in this day and age of yeah. texting and, well, not really so much faxing, but texting and Facebook messages and emails. A handwritten note is so special and so significant. And also another reward that a lot of people don't think about uh, Let's say one of your employees is just doing an outstanding job, just wonderful. You just love this person. Send a note to their spouse and say, we are so thrilled Mary is working here. We just think the world of her. She's outstanding. She's always friendly. And, and, you know, and then that is an incredible board, sending a card to the spouse, thanking them uh, for and mentioning how wonderful, you know, the employee is that you know is just you know incredible and also some really like no cost low cost things like uh, there's one organization they'll name a room after someone who does a great job you know this is this month the Mary Smith meeting room or you know the, the, the John Kelly meeting room so they name a room after them so it's just those those little things that people don't think of as rewards, but those are so incredibly rewarding. And there's also something else about rewards that the research has found. Instead of doing one big bonus at the end of the year, what's actually more effective in reducing turnover is small little rewards sprinkled throughout the year. Like, uh -huh. uh, for example, if someone does something extraordinary, uh, you know, a $25 Starbucks gift card. That's, of course, has to be something that they appreciate, that they like. Starbucks, right. or it could be the handwritten note, or or it could be naming a room after them. Those little things throughout the year, as opposed to one big bonus, you know, at the end of the year. Now there are some rewards, of course, that you know cost a little money. And uh, one uh, set of employees that I interviewed, what they thought was really special, because I know for rewards a lot of organizations like let's order pizza for everybody you know let's order you know chinese for everybody which is wonderful i i, I would never say don't do that but one a group of employees told me what they thought was really special is the um the bosses the the managers the supervisors what they did they got together and they made uh, a meal from scratch and served it to the employees oh and that's great yeah, and that, they said that just meant so much to them because, you know, it, I mean, it really doesn't take a lot of work to call and say, okay, I'd like a pizza with the following things. On. Okay, I'd like right. an order. I mean, that's still a wonderful gesture. I would never say don't do that. But the <laughs> fact that they actually made something from scratch, like uh, one supervisor said, this is my grandmother's famous macaroni and cheese recipe. You know, this is my wife's famous, you know, and I, you know, made it myself. So it's, yeah. it's those kinds of things. It's those personal, 
that you took the extra effort to do that is what people tell me you know makes such a, a, a big difference so the, the more personal but once again ordering pizza is, is a good thing it's just yeah. that if you could make it more personal and then I've had uh, people tell me that their boss will wash their car I mean, and not just throw a little water on it. I mean, really, like, <laughs> you know, scrub it and wax it. I mean, and they said that just meant so much to them that they actually went out and they, they looked out their window and they saw their boss washing their car. Wow. And once again, it doesn't cost much money. How much does it cost right. for a little, you know, car shampoo? Yeah. And once again, those are the people when I interview employees, those are the stories that come up. It, uh, they never seem to mention the yearly bonus. They talk about washing yeah. the car, the meal from scratch, the handwritten notes. That's what makes you know, the big difference. The more personal, the better. And once it goes back, it goes back to the earlier discussion we have on the emotional connections with people. Right. Yeah, that's yes. what I. That's yeah, that's what I was thinking. Yes. Um, okay, I'm gonna I take a quick sponsor break and then. Um, sure. Continue on. Accelerate Your Business Growth podcast is happy to be sponsored by Audible.com and Gusto. Audible.com is a leading provider of spoken digital audio entertainment and information. They have over 150,000 titles to choose from, and you can listen to them on any device, including whatever you're hearing us on right now. And if you sign up at our link, which is audibletrial.com slash businessgrowth, you get one free audiobook and a one-month trial of the service. Some examples of books you can listen to on audible.com are Breathe to Succeed by Sandy Abrams and Leading Loyalty by Lena Renee. So visit audibletrial.com slash business growth, explore the books that are of interest to you and receive one free audiobook when you sign up for the trial. Everybody loves payday, but loving a payroll provider, that's a little weird. Still, small businesses across the country love running payroll with gusto. Gusto automatically files and pays your taxes. It's super easy to use, and you can add benefits and management tools to help take care of your team and keep your business safe. It's loyal. It's modern. You might fall in love yourself. Listeners get three months free when they run their first payroll. Check it out at gusto.com accelerate. Today we're speaking with Ed Lee about employee engagement and how important it is, uh, which it leads me right into my next question, which is talking to you about healthy employees and, and why, um, well, I mean, I sort of get it that they are productive employees, but how does an employer help their employees become healthier? Yeah, and this is, this is such a critical topic because no matter how much wonderful education we provide or wonderful emotional connections we have, if people are dragging, if people are, are out a lot because they're sick, this is not going to be a productive workplace. So we have, just like with ourselves, we have to think of our health. We have to, our health, you know, comes number one and, and our employees' health. Uh, have to be, you know, uh, priority list. And it's also, uh, it works in, in terms of finances. It's a good thing because what they found, for example, um, for every dollar spent on a wellness program, you save over $3 in terms of uh, employee absenteeism, employee medical costs. So it, it makes sense from a even from a financial standpoint to have these types of wellness programs. And there's a variety of things that could be done. For example, 
have a mini health fair, even if you have a small organization, have a mini health fair uh, where people could get their cholesterol checked, their blood sugar checked, their glucose checked. And I did talk to uh, one manager in a workshop I did and through a, a health fair that they had in their organization, they're not a big organization, one employee, and she had no symptoms at all, one employee was found to have dramatically high blood sugar. She was diabetic. I mean, significantly wow. diabetic, no symptoms. So they immediately had her see someone. She's on medication now. Her blood sugar is normal. And she was at risk for having quite a variety of health issues. As you know, diabetes causes a range of serious yeah. uh, issues. And so she is just, she can't thank the employer enough. I mean, she yeah. cannot, I mean, she's just, she said, I can't, I don't know what to say how to thank you for this. So it's one of those things. And also, uh, one uh, manager in a recent program said, I thought this was brilliant. Now, of course, you can't do this uh, outside in the wintertime if, if you're in a Northeast Ohio like uh, we are. But one manager told me she does uh, uh, walking meetings with people where you don't, or it's not a meeting where you have to obviously take a lot of notes. She'll just walk with them for 10 or 15 minutes. It could be about around the building or if it's a nice day. She says, because this way they get to walk, they have, they get, they're energized through the walking. And she said, people love the walking meetings. And also there's some, uh, some other things. Now, once again, before I say this, I don't want you to think I'm the food police. I'm not the food police. <laughs> there's there's, there's okay. nothing wrong. And now, of course, I know you'll edit this part, but I actually did have a donut this morning. I stopped at the Dunkin'. And, I, <laughs> and, and now, of course, I know you'll part. edit this out. Now, of course, you can keep it in. Of course, you can keep it in. The, the point is, there's nothing wrong with having a donut. There's nothing wrong with having a cookie. But Every time you're serving employees something, is it always donuts and cookies? There's nothing wrong with yeah. having it once in a while, but you know, some fruits and veggies are nice too. Some yogurts nice too. So maybe some pita chips with hummus. That's so you want to have a balance because if you're always serving junk food to them, you know, what kind of message is this sending out? And also, uh, a lot, uh, what I recommend there's there's wonderful organizations, uh, the colleges, nonprofits that could provide a lunch and learn. Uh, speaker, a uh, speech on uh, a speaker on how to have a, a healthy breakfast, how to read labels, how to cut down on the fat in your diet, and employees love these lunch and learns. So think about in incorporating them. Also, another thing that I recommend is discounts to uh, gyms, discounts to places that serve uh, healthy foods. And once again, the message you're sending out, the critical message is, I care about you. I care about mm -hmm. your health. I want you to feel good. So there are many ways that we could create uh, healthy employees. And once again, I'm not the people always think I'm the, the food police. I'm not the food police. You know, it's okay to have some sweets now and then, but you just want to balance it with healthy options uh, also. Well, one of the things that I will say about that as well is that there are a lot of employees that don't want the donuts. You know, yes. I, I hear it all the time, like at conferences and stuff, and they'll say, is it possible for us to get a healthy food choice at during snack break or, or whatever it is? So that falls into what you were talking about um, in regards to knowing what your employee, you know, what matters to them, what they value, and providing them with that. You know, if you're going to provide food at a meeting, have an idea of what kind of food people are going to appreciate. Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. And and because I did speak at one meeting, I'll never forget this, it was years ago. It was a, a lunch meeting. No, it was a breakfast meeting, breakfast meeting rather. And they had like quiche with hollandaise sauce and, 
ham and sausage and then they had uh, something else with a hollandaise sauce and I looked at all that food and I thought I, I don't want to eat any of this because I want to live long enough to do the presentation. I said to them, is there any yogurt in the back or fruit? I yeah. mean, it's just nothing healthy. And yeah. you know, it's okay to have you know some sausage and hollandaise sauce and quiche, but have some fresh fruit, have some yogurt, have right. you know, you know, just other you know options. And that's why it's so important. Once again, the survey, you know, what kind of foods you know would you like? Yeah. And so that's why. So and I do find most of the meetings I speak at, they'll always, for example, for breakfast, they'll have the Danish and you know the yeah. uh, scones but they'll also have the fruit and the yogurt so this way yeah. you know that's fine you, you're meeting everybody's needs you're helping some, having some healthy things and having some naughty things it's okay to have some naughty things like yeah. uh, the donut i had today which of course you're going to edit out of the uh, final. yeah mm-hmm. yes. <laughs> now um talk to me about communication tools that um enhance relationships with employees with within a workplace Oh, sure, sure. And the one thing that this brings up, a lot of people think, well, uh, as long as I'm nice to them, I'm nice to them. Well, I said, well, <laughs> you could be nice, but there's still certain words, certain language we use that uh, that could cause problems in your relationship with employees. So, of course, being nice, but using certain language, you may um, inadvertently turn them off and they'll be unhappy. And one of the 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 language issues when I talk to people about this is I always say the you versus I. For example, let's say an employee was due to have, the report was due Wednesday morning and it's Thursday and there's still no report. So instead of saying to them, you were supposed to have that report done on Wednesday. You needed to have that report done. And, you know, just you, you, basically what you're doing is you're pointing a finger at them. Yeah. So I said, instead of using you language, use I language. Tell them how you feel. Like I'm concerned that the report wasn't done on Wednesday, and we had previously discussed this. Let's talk about uh, you know what happened and how we could move uh, up to speed on this. So what sounds better? You were supposed to have that report done on yeah. Wednesday versus I'm concerned it wasn't done. Let's talk about it. Yeah, well, definitely. I'm concerned it wasn't done. Let's talk about it. For sure. Right, and every time you yeah. every time you use the word you, it's like you're pointing a finger at yeah. them, and people become extremely defensive. Yeah. And there's also some other things. There's one word that some people find uh, surprising is be careful with the word why, because why it's like yeah. pointing the finger. It's very accusatory. Why didn't you get that report done on Wednesday? Why didn't you do this? Why didn't you call me? Why didn't you tell me the customer's on hold? Why didn't you do so once again, instead of saying, why didn't you do that? I always suggest replacing why with what, because think about when you're growing up, well, at least this is what I heard when I was growing up. Why didn't you eat your vegetables? Why did your teacher call me? Why didn't you take yeah. out the garbage? Why is your room such mess? So the why words make us, uh, the word makes us very uh, defensive. Yeah. So instead of saying, why didn't you, why didn't you have that report done on Wednesday? Saying, you know, what was going on that prevented you from having the yeah. report? Yeah. And it's easy, those why words just so easily slip out of our mouth, so just convert your whys to what. And also the last uh, major tip that I find reduces a lot of conflict in the workplace and also conflict in uh, personal life too. My wife and I always try to get in the habit of doing this, and it's uh, repeat back. 
And what I mean by repeat back is say you're talking to an employee and you give them some information and instead of having them say, okay, got it, have them say, okay, let me make sure I understand. Uh, these are the three things that need to be done by uh, tomorrow morning. I need to uh, call this person, I need to email the PDF file to this person, and I need to email the PowerPoint slides to this person. Is that correct? And then you would say, yes, that is correct. But oftentimes in the workplace, we'll give someone information, they'll say, okay, got it. But yeah. how do you know they really they got know. it? And then I remind people, right. are you familiar with the telephone game kids play? Yeah. And what happens, you know, the first kid says something, and then by the end, it's a completely different story. And that's fun when you're a kid. It's not yeah. a good thing in the workplace. No, no. Unfortunately, it happens a lot. So, oh, yeah. so speaking, uh, speaking along those lines, um, I think a lot of people feel like they have that their they have employees that who have negative attitudes. So, what suggestions would you give to someone about how to handle those employees? Yeah, the the one thing when the the negative attitude topic when that comes up, the first thing I tell people, I said you before you even have the discussion of dealing with these negative people, what's the reason they're having these negative attitudes? Is it something that's going on in the workplace? Is it something that you're doing in the workplace that's creating these people with negative attitudes? Some people are just grumpy. They just, they're not happy anywhere. This is not happy anywhere. But there's a lot of people who are feeling negative because of something that's going on. And then it brings us back to the earlier discussion. A just employee is going to be negative. If someone says, I'm just the secretary here, yeah. chances are they're going to run into some negative, uh, you know, negative attitudes over here. So you need to look at what are we doing that could potentially be creating these attitudes. And a lot of it is that people feel a lack of ownership. They feel they don't matter. They're easily replaceable. No one cares what they think. And that's yeah. why early on you want to include them in projects so they feel valued so they feel that what they have to say means something. It's like, goes. I think it's the third time I said to Bill Knight, everyone you know me knows something that you don't. But the thing is, if you do have a person with a negative attitude, what I always suggest is meet them privately. You don't want to, you know, when they're with a group of employees, you don't want to say, you need to drop this negative attitude. <laughs> Not only are you, uh, you know, saying it in an appropriate manner, but you're embarrassing them in front of their yeah. colleagues. So take them aside. And what I always uh, recommend is start, instead of getting right into the, you have a negative attitude, uh, I would first suggest finding something positive to say. Oh, uh, I know you had that uh, customer last night. I knew that was a real challenge for you. And I just thought, you know, you did a wonderful job with that person. I thought you just handled it very professionally. You did a terrific job. And then you could say, uh, once again, instead of the you have the instead of the you have the negative attitude, saying, you know, I've been concerned about um, some of the things you have said. I've been concerned about uh, some of the issues that you've talked about, and I would like to, you know, know what's going on, know what your concerns are, and then I'd like to have you think about some possible solutions. Because uh, uh, one manager in one of my workshops, she said she has a sign on her door, don't complain about something unless you have a possible solution. Yeah. And so that, that's what I would say to this person. You know, I, I see you have some concerns. I, I try not to use the word, you're a negative person. You're using, the, uh, you know, I see there's some concerns you have, and I would like to learn more about your concerns, how we could address them. 
how we could resolve them. I'd like to know your thoughts on how to resolve them, how we could turn around and uh, you know, make this a better situation. So what I do is I put it back on them, but I first up by saying something nice about them, complimenting them, a legitimate compliment. I mean, really sincere, not just you know, saying something that's really not true, but a sincere compliment, and then using uh, eye language, um, you know, using, um, you know, friendly terms, or saying, you're a negative person, you know, you know, using friendly terms to get them to come up with a solution, and once you get them to come up with a solution, then they're going to take ownership, because once again, they help create it, and I find that's uh, an ideal way to work with these uh, negative people. So it can, all the skills we've talked about earlier, build to this point in working with negative uh, people with negative attitudes. Wonderful. Thank you. I think this is great information. I, I appreciate um, the, the very specific tips, but also the examples. You know, I think it, it really is helpful for people to hear um, a story because then I know everyone listening is thinking to themselves, oh, yeah, I, I know that, or, you know, I, I've had that experience before. So, um, Ed, I really appreciate you joining me. Will you my uh, let the listeners? <coughs> excuse me. Will you uh, let the listeners know how they can find you and you know anything you've got going on? You. Uh, oh sure, sure. The 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 uh, easiest way to get a hold of me is through my email address, and it's easy to remember because it's my name, and uh, it's even though informally, of course, I go by Ed, but my a lot of my clients tend to use my full name on things, so that's why my email address is my full name. So it's Edward, E-D-W-A-R-D, at Edward, E-D-W-A-R-D, and then my last name, L-E-I-G-H.com. So it's Edward at EdwardLee.com, and remember the Lee is L-E-I-G-H. Oh, that's wonderful. Thank you. And listeners, thank you for tuning in as always. I think you got some great actionable information that, that you can utilize from here. I would also like to thank our sponsors, uh, audible.com and Gusto. To get a free trial of audible.com and a free audiobook, just go to audibletrial.com slash business growth to sign up. For payroll processing you'll love, sign up for a demo of Gusto today at gusto.com slash accelerate. Listeners get three months free when they run their first payroll. Continue to prosper and be curious. And until we meet again on another episode of Accelerate Your Business Growth, goodbye and good day. Me, 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 but also you. <laughs> the Pharaoh fast forwards his favorite foreign film, Powder Donut. <clears throat> Okay, what's my line? Uh, the only line I see here on the script is get options based on your budget with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. Oh, man, that's a tongue twister, huh? I'm sorry, I'm going to need a few more minutes. <clears throat> bulbous Walrus, the Bulbous Walrus. The Name Your Price tool, only from Progressive. The owl ran afoul of the comatose Coxswain. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and affiliates price and coverage match limited by state law. The world's best-known investor and Wall Street expert, Warren Buffett, once said, Wall Street is the only place that people ride to in a Rolls Royce to get advice from those who take the subway. Mr. Buffett's quote is remarkably accurate, but how many people would rather receive advice from him than someone simply guessing? Welcome to Buy, Hold, Sell, your single source for Wall Street knowledge and profitable guidance. Please join me, Todd Schoenberger, and fellow trader Tobin Smith, as well as host Veronica Dudo, for a podcast known to move the needle for investors. Tobin and I are seasoned Wall Street executives with deep investment experience, and we are prepared to share our advice to those who choose to listen. Download Buy, Hold, Sell today on the Evergreen Podcast Network or your favorite podcast channel.